It doesn't matter how little sleep. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm mad, sad, glad, happy. This music just makes me smile. I think I dream about it sometimes. Do you? What, what's with the Atkins stuff here on the on the table? Are you on, on an Atkins diet? I had no idea about this. So my morning nutrition generally is Rain TL, which is a nutrition seed packet, which gives me all the nutrition I need for a day. Okay. So if I don't eat one more green fruit, anything, and then I supplement that with an Atkins shake in the morning. So that's my breakfast every day. Uh-huh. Uh, so I know I basically have the nutrients for my body before I even step out of my house. Okay. And then I drink a big fat 20 ounce glass of water as well. All right. And that's your breakfast. That's my breakfast every day. Of champions. Uh-huh. Okay. Amen. So so I, I have someone online, Dr. Lisa Hester is with us today. She's being quiet and going, what did I just get myself in the middle of with these two? Uh, Doc, say hello to everybody, please. Hello. So she couldn't hear the music, so she has no clue how we just got in our vibe mode. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Brian was breaking it down. He is he's getting all kinds of crazy. I love to dance. So are you a dancer, Lisa? I actually did used to dance. Oh, uh, what kind? I used to do ballet, lyrical, and jazz. And oh. I still do ballet, actually. <laughs> well, I stopped last year, but I was taking adult ballet classes. So of all the dancing she does, she kept doing the one that tortures your feet the most. <laughs> well, I haven't gotten on point yet. That was my bucket list is to get on point at some point and learn one classical combination and then call it a day. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, so how old are you, Lise? Pardon? How old are you? I am about to turn 32. Excellent. Congratulations. Um, Thank I'm just, you, I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Nobody wants to get older. <laughs> I like getting older because I'm just more knowledgeable, I feel like, as I get older. Yeah. And I definitely look better as I'm getting older, so. Really? That's good. I'm going to have no comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I met Lisa because I always start the um, with my guests on how we met. So Lisa and I have um, crossed paths uh, in circles of the cannabis industry. So this is actually going to be a cannabis episode, everybody. Like we're seriously going to talk about New York State and the cannabis side of it and um Dr. Hester, along with her group, uh, Flowered Wellness LLC out of Buffalo, New York. As soon as I heard about what they do and how they incorporate healthy living uh, and the cannabis plant, I knew I needed to have these guys on. I'm very excited. Um, Have you been, uh, how long have you been around the cannabis plant and and thought about that as wellness for people, Lisa? Um, As medicine and wellness, I would say that component entered my life last June. So I'm a relatively new, uh, or I guess late coming to the cannabis plant from a medicinal perspective, of course, high school, college, I had a different relationship with cannabis, which I'm sure many people can relate to. Um, but I never understood that there was a medicinal value to it and that it was used in a way to achieve wellness. So my first introduction as a wellness-oriented uh, plant was about, I think, I heard about it about last June, and then I finally tried just CBD oil last July, and I feel like my whole life changed in 48 hours. So I obviously had some very strong interest into what just happened to me, and just started burying my head in research and understanding the endocannabinoid system and why did this help me and realized that I just needed to be a part of the industry and uh, make efforts to give it, give people access to it. So I'm so excited. uh, So what you got to explain that 48 hour change though. I'm really intrigued now. Well, um, I experienced a significant trauma of losing a parent suddenly without any warning. And so that kind of shook up my life a bit and I just wasn't functioning. I would go to work and then come home and spend the whole day just trying to get myself under control. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't able to leave the house other than going to work. I 
uh, dreaded the evenings. I just couldn't settle down. I was just completely off my axis and I kept hearing about CBD oil and I had been trying everything under the sun, meditation and yoga and um, Reiki and uh, mindfulness exercises, anything to just stop me from spiraling. And it was mildly effective. And then after my first four doses of CBD, my whole internal environment just settled right down. And ever since then, my ability to function has improved even beyond uh, prior to experiencing the loss. So it uh, just changed everything. It was a game changer. I'm sorry to hear about the loss. It's amazing how sometimes we have to go through tragedy to get to different perspectives. Oh, for sure. But then you can, instead of look at them as a negative thing, be grateful for them. I think that's the whole difficulty because I think if you say, oh, well, you know, I lost a parent, but I'm grateful. How do you make sense of that? But until you've experienced it, it can make sense. That's true. It's a great, very good way to look at it. And I'm reflecting now back to when I, my mom passed of pancreatic cancer. And it's, it's killing me now to see a couple of studies that have come out where they're talking about different pieces of the plant now that really maybe can target pancreatic cancer or help reduce mm-hmm. it or help. And it drives me nuts. But now I'm just thinking in my head, like, I went through a three-year battle with my mom. I don't know if a sudden loss of my parent or that three-year battle, I, I don't, man, that's tough either way. But I felt like for five years, I wasn't right with my, with when my mom passed. If the three years mm-hmm. we handled that and the two years after, I wasn't right. I know mm-hmm. I wasn't right. Um, mm-hmm. So I can absolutely relate to, to what you went through. I, whew, definitely. Uh, and I'm so glad the plant helped you, right? And the endocannabinoid system, uh, talk a little bit about that, right? Because we've been mentioning that in episodes, but you from perspective of the medical side, talk a little bit about what you learned about that system through this. So the endocannabinoid system is a system in all mammals and living things that has been around since the beginning of time. And it is comprised of endocannabinoids, which are cannabinoid-like molecules that are very similar to the cannabinoids in plants, but are made by the body. And uh, there's more than two, but there's two main endocannabinoids that are basically looked at in research today. Uh, The names of those are anandamide and 2-arachidonylacylglycerol, or 2-AG or um, AEA is the abbreviations for it. So there's the actual molecules, and then there are receptors that receive the molecules. If your listeners aren't familiar with receptors, receptors are kind of um, the doormen on a cell. They interact with whatever's coming at it and then attach to it and then basically decide, what are we going to do here? It's either going to send out a signaling pathway that leads to something down the road or have an immediate reaction right then and there. And uh, the third component are the enzymes that make those molecules and break them down. So all three of them are important to work together because if one's off, then the whole system gets affected. So the endocannabinoid system is present in basically all tissues throughout the human body. And the types of receptors are distributed differently throughout the body. So the receptor that THC interacts with and has a profound effect on is called CB1. And that's more prevalent in the brain versus CB2, which is more prevalent in the other areas of your body, like the immune system and on tissue cells. And they affect different things. And the interaction between the molecules already in your body and the plant, they kind of work together to create a balance. And so everything comes back to balance. Whatever's going on, if you're in a state of dis-ease, not having a disease, but a state of dis-ease, there's usually a shift in balance in this system where you don't have enough receptors or you have too many receptors or you make too much of one of those molecules or you don't make enough of one of those molecules or some of the enzymes are not present in the body or there's too much enzyme. So something somewhere along that way get line gets shifted and the result is a state of dis-ease, whether it be anxiety, depression, 
um, eating disordered eating behavior, actual um, conditions that affect the nervous system, etc. So that's the down and dirty. <laughs> so after this episode, you and Justin have to have a little chat. We're trying to diagnose some issues issues going on with Justin, and, and I'm just snapping. I'm right now going. Does this sound like we got to talk to you? Got to talk to her to help you with your what you got going on. So how did you get? Uh, so you are the chief knowledge officer at Flowered Wellness. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. So, so what's your role with the with the company? Tell tell me tell everybody. I love what you guys do and what you guys offer. So so tell everybody what what you guys do, what your mission is to help people. But uh, we we have our fingers in a lot of places. So the mission of Flowered Wellness is basically to simultaneously uh, work to give people access to the cannabis plant for wellness purposes. But more than that, we're trying to facilitate what's called a salutogenic model of healthcare, which is we're going to look at every single thing that could possibly contribute to whatever you're suffering with and trace it completely back to the cause instead of treating the symptoms. And when I say cause, the actual behaviors, the actual environment, and the actual um, state of your internal environment from a mentality or psychological perspective that has started the cascade that led to this shift and then this shift and then this compensation and then this compensation to now you have a state of disorder and disease in the body. So even nutrition. Okay. So I have a vitamin D deficiency. So I'm going to treat that with a vitamin D supplement. Well, is that really treating the cause? Why are you vitamin D deficient? So we're going to take it even a step further back. So treating, giving vitamin D for a vitamin D deficiency falls within what they call a pathological model. So we're treating a symptom or the cause of a symptom with that specific remedy, but where is the stepping back and looking at the whole picture? So Flowered Wellness is trying to ignite this fire within our community to start making sure that there's a continuity of care and that we're following this model and making sure that people are well and not just treated in a box. So who, part who, of that who makes is... Up your, who makes up your team that helps you do this analysis for people? Well, that's, that's still... Um, within development, we're trying to really determine who the best people are to fit where. So we have the facility and we have partners and practitioners that are operating under the same facility. What we're identifying now is who's your your first contact going to be with. And so that model is being fine-tuned at the moment and we're, we'll probably be launching in about two months. So we're very close to Having that implementable, um, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> a lot of things happening at the same time. We also have another company mission, which is more global or national or statewide. You know, let's mm-hmm. crawl before we can walk. Um, and that's the education piece. And education falls within our salutogenic model which is educating the public. But in order for people to gain access to the plant, we need to have it be accessible within the medical community. So we have another model that we're working with in another mission, which is basically to make cannabis medicine the new standard of care. And it's customized cannabis medicine, not just access to the plant. We're going to really learn and understand this plant and how you can customize it and make it extremely specific to the individual that you're staring at in front of you. How many people do you have now in your collaboration? We have uh, three board of advisors, and then uh, the us, our small team is a team of three, and then we have partners that are going to be facilitating all of this, which would be local clinics, our partner with our medical marijuana certifier and then another clinic certifying patients 
as well as a uh, Dr. Harold Smith at the University of Rochester, Rock Normal, uh, and then a relationship with the local dispensaries. So we're all just coming together in this collective effort because no person or no one organization can do it by themselves. Amen. We love Dr. Smith. He's been on the episode. He's been on one of our episodes. Oh, he's my hero. Isn't he He's my hero. (laughs) He's so amazing. (laughs) Lisa and I, uh, we've heard him talk probably several times. I know I have already. I'm sure you have. But every time he talks, I still want to hear every word he says so so I can pick up on things different every time. I mean, he's just so knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that's where the last time you and I were together was at, what was the event that we were at? Um, Cannabis 101. That's right. Cannabis 101. It was held by Zach Sarkis and and Mm -hmm. New York Hemp Hemp Lab. Oh, New York Hemp Lab. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, my brain was putting him with Rock Normal. But yes, New York Hemp Lab was, yeah. And we're all all in meetings together, um, making plans and trying to come together and facilitating change. Yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? Oh, so exciting. So one of the, one of the things I wanted to tell people about you uh, that we, we talked right away was uh, exercise because uh, you are a fit person you can tell a uh, very beautiful woman uh, and very fit uh, hiking was one of the things you like to do was it was I right and didn't we talk about that? Been yeah. any good hikes lately, but for sure yoga is kind of my main form of exercise at the moment. Um, I have my master's in exercise science with a concentration in human performance. And what got me there was I did triathlons in college. And I and you are a triathlete. You've completed a full Ironman, correct? Yep, I have. Thank you. So um, I, I only got as far as the half Ironman. But uh, triathlete, triathlons were everything to me. I basically identified myself as a triathlete. It became my identity. And I was just fully immersed in the culture and the training and to the, to a fault. And I think it, uh, became pathological after a while type a personality. Uh, but I've always loved movement and exercise and have, it's always been a part of my life one way or another. I've just been shifting my philosophy over the years and, you know, what are we really meant to do? How are we meant to move? I don't know if it's so, it should be so structured, you know, my, so that's why I've kind of taken to yoga because it's so multifaceted strength, endurance, balance, flexibility, cardiovascular and mindful centering. It just kind of includes everything in a structured way, but also that is you know, multi-purpose versus I'm just going to go to the gym and mindlessly lift these weights or do these crazy workouts that then subject me to injuries. I was a member of Orange Theory for a long time, which is a high-intensity interval training facility that you take these 60-minute classes and they basically just kick your ass. And I loved it and I got sucked into it and I overdid it. And I started seeing a lot of patients that go to Orange Theory and they all came up with labral tears or some kind of hip problem or groin problem. And then I started having this and I started really just thinking about exercise and what are we meant to do as humans and have just kind of scaled back and said, you know what, I don't I don't know about all that. <laughs> I just think that we're meant to move, but with joy and not exercise. Once you say exercise, oh, I have to go exercise. It becomes just another stress in your life that you have to wake up and force yourself to do rather than doing it for the pure joy of doing it. Amen. Which if you do it for the pure joy of doing it, okay, then it's not exercise. But if you have to drag your butt out of bed and go through this process of convincing yourself to do it, it's just more stress than it is helping. I loved how you talked about being a triathlete. One of the jokes that we all had as triathletes and the guys I trained with was, how do you know you're in a room with a triathlete? Just sit next to him for a couple minutes. Soon they'll tell you. Yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I did triathlons for 18 years and I would have to say a piece of that. I called myself a triathlete during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I also looked at it. I, it came very easy to me. Like, like as long as I had my foundation there, I was fast. 
mm-hmm. faster than most. I didn't have to work quite as hard as other people to, to be as fast as I was. I have a natural, I don't know what it is. I have a natural motor that can go for fast for a while. And mm-hmm. I seen the community where divorces, I mean, you think tri- triathletes and triathlons are is a nice, healthy environment, very family friendly. But I saw a lot of people who got divorced or they became a different person because of becoming a triathlete, right? They, they wanted to mm-hmm. gravitate to something to get in better shape, to have a discipline. But then triathlons, because it is three sports built into one, basically, mm-hmm. um, your training tends to be longer and a little bit different than other training. So for a lot of people, it can get you in a great shape. So if you were someone that was on the couch and out of shape, that's what I did. I, t- I coached people from the couch to their first triathlon. So I saw a lot of people transform themselves with triathlons, which was great. Um, but just like anything else, I think some people get too into it, right? A- and they become obsessed rather than just letting it be a piece of their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Well, me too, to a degree. And I found the same thing you did is I said, okay, I got to back off now because I have that foundation. And now I know I have the structure where I'm naturally now where I work out naturally. And it's built into my day where I just, if I don't work out, I don't feel good. So it's, I don't see it as a stress. I love that you said joy, like movements, like the way you described mm-hmm. that, because everybody needs to take that perspective that exercise is something that has to be in our life every day. So make it joyful. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, as long as you're moving and you're enjoying it, it's good. What advice would you give to people getting into yoga at first? For some people, like myself, I, I've done a little bit of yoga. I preach people they should do yoga. I have not done it enough myself. What would you tell people who are like, I don't know about yoga, I, like from your perspective? I guess it would depend on what mentality you're going in with. Are you going in with, well, am I going to get a workout? Um. For that person, I would say, because that person tends to want to just grind through it and just move through the poses fast, and which is what I used to do. And then I thought, well, I'm not getting stronger. I don't know what's going on. So then in my mindfulness practice, I slowed it way down and really went inside and really paid attention to how I was holding the poses and how I was moving through them and discovered how much weakness there was. And in focusing that much and slowing it way down, it became so much more intense and, uh, and the strength gains were so much greater. So for the person that is like me, it's okay to go slow. You're going to get a great workout. (laughs) For the person that's nervous, oh my gosh, I'm not strong, I'm not flexible, I don't know what to do, I guess the same thing. It's okay to go slow, and it's okay to be where you are, and there's nobody there to judge you. I think a lot of people worry about what are the people in the class going to think, what are they, nobody's paying attention, all they care about is what they're doing, and they're only looking within themselves, so... I would say free yourself from judgment and it's okay to go slow. And if you're someone who's always worried about what other people think of you, do what I do. Put your pods on a store, have music going, dance through the store, you're shopping, whatever else, and don't care what anybody looks at you, says anything, thinks, and just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Do that a couple times. I like that because I'm always the one dancing through the aisles of a grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> I do not go into stores anymore without an ear, but at least one of my earbuds in, and I have music going, and I look like an idiot. Like if I'm in line, I want to have a little beat. Like you'll see my foot just tapping to the music song going on, and I don't care. It doesn't <laughs> matter, it. right? Because I just want to be moving. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, so I want to talk more about the, the business and, and what you do for people. And I want to put the perspective on, I was very surprised to hear so few people have medical marijuana cards here in New York State. Like mm-hmm. under 7,000 people, I think, or around 8,000 people. Um, can we get to the root of why you think it is so, uh, the number is a lot lower than I thought? And, and tell, tell people a little bit about what you guys do to help people get their medical marijuana cards. So, well, in New York State, there are, I just looked this up, I think there's 19 million people in New York State, and 100, 104,000 people are certified for medical marijuana. 
So that's a low number compared to the greater population. Why is because it's just not accepted as a medical therapy yet. And that's what we're doing to navigate that is facilitate educating healthcare providers. If you don't have knowledge is power, if you don't have the knowledge, then. And it's interesting because the public is demanding something that the medical community has not a lot of knowledge on, but they're kind of being forced to have that knowledge because they can't keep deflecting the questions. And so we're positioning ourselves to hand deliver that education so that it's just accessible and available. And once we can do that, then we can start educating on how to customize the care and then how to make it the new standard of care. So it's kind of a phased out process. It's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen immediately. But in order for us to achieve that, it's going to take multiple steps and you have to crawl before you run. So one thing at a time, the first thing being, which also has a bunch of steps to get to that point, is educating healthcare providers so that they understand that this is a this can be a medical therapy. It can be treated as such, even though it's a whole plant whether you're using an extract or isolates or whatever, it comes from the plant and the new standard of care will be using the whole plant. Can you explain whether, standard of care for people really quick? So the standard, so in, in medicine or me, the medical world, when somebody comes in, let's say with high cholesterol or me or, uh, or maybe they're not symptomatic at all and they do blood work and then they have high cholesterol, but they're not really in for anything. The standard of care says, okay, this person has high cholesterol. I need to give this statin or this cholesterol lowering drug and it must be carried out in this way or this protocol. So standard of care is protocols in the Western literature that or medical community that must be performed. Otherwise, you could subject that patient to harm. So there's a standard of care within oncology. There's a standard practice when certain patients come in with certain types of cancer. There's a standard of care for multiple sclerosis. There's a standard of care for Alzheimer's. Is it always the right care for that patient? Not necessarily, but it's the standard. So it kind of comes down to litigation too. So if you don't follow the standard of care and there's a negative outcome, then there's a possible litigation that could result from that. So standard of care keeps um, an, an amount of order and predictability and a standard to follow so that every patient is getting the, the same thing, <laughs> that standard. That's right. And, and that's kind of what makes adding cannabis to a standard of care a little difficult. Right. That's why we want to change the standard of care and how it is performed. And the, and I think cannabis is the perfect tool to do that because it's so customizable. You know, a statin is a statin. It only works in on one pathway in the body and does one thing and with one result with many, many side effects. Cannabis can be applied so pervasively across multiple conditions and across multiple systems within the body. And just by changing the genetic makeup of that plant with selective breeding or in, in a lab, if you want to use different isolates that you put together and make your own formula. Um, but you can ch just change the profile of what cannabino cannabinoids dominate within that plant 
and terpenes, and then you have a totally different effect on the body. So the standard of care could be, okay, we're going to utilize cannabis for this condition, and then we're going to take it a step forward and have the ability to look at the profile of that specific strain or chemovar, which is the more updated way to refer to different strains of cannabis. Uh, some of the leaders in the industry say we don't call cannabis strains. Strains are bacteria and viruses. It's a chemovar. <laughs> so, so chemovar. <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad you said that because I haven't heard that yet. And I would have been, I have, you know, I've been doing a lot of research in the last couple of years as well. And I haven't heard that word yet. So thank you for that. The word chemovar? Yeah. Or, or being used Dr. more Ethan prevalent. Dr. Ethan Russo is a neurologist who is um, kind of close behind Raphael McCollum. And he's pioneering the the industry, and he's an academic poet. If you like academic writing, it, or if you've ever read academic writing, it is so boring. Mm-hmm. Dry, yeah. <laughs> but Ethan Russo is an academic poet. I love reading his work. Um, Thank you for that. So he he's the one that's saying, hey, we need to look at this realistically. Let's respect the plant. Let's not call it something or refer to it as something way that we refer to bacteria and viruses you know let's give it its own identity so chemovars are how you and i would understand the word strain i love it so yes we can customize chemovars or strains of cannabis to have a specific effect based on the cannabinoid and terpenoid profile so many people don't even can talk about the terpenes and how important those are for delivery. Oh, it's just, it's just insane. So we have this amazing opportunity to give totally customized care within a Western medical paradigm. And that's such a beautiful thing. And that's the first step towards healthcare transforming into something closer to a salutogenic model. So explain to people what they have to do to get their medical marijuana card. How can they qualify? How do you guys help people that way? So um, our facility, so there's how do we get New York State access? Um, and then our facility, we have a relationship with a nurse practitioner who certifies for medical marijuana. You uh, get pre-screened by Dave, our one partner. You call in and say, hey, I'm, I want medical marijuana. He'll ask you some questions and kind of be able to tease out, will you be eligible or not based on the qualifying conditions? If he does find a way for you to be eligible or feels that you will be eligible, then he uh, makes an appointment to be certified by the nurse practitioner. That doesn't guarantee a certification, but he's generally very good at pre-screening so that you don't end up wasting your time in a consultation. So our facility, that's how we personally give people access to uh, medical marijuana. Uh, But, you know, statewide, we're trying to influence the policy and everything to have a more robust medical program so that it is easier for people to get it. Um, Of course, once you are certified, you then get a temporary ID card that you can print out same day. Dave will walk you through the online registration process and help you print the temporary card right then and there so that you can leave the office and go straight to the dispensary. So that's kind of a unique service that our facility provides that isn't generally present in a lot of the other clinics just because nobody will take the time. And so I've always said, even in my chiropractic practice, time is the greatest gift you can ever give anyone. You know, I might not use, I I don't necessarily use these cutting edge, fancy techniques. I just give people time. And then by doing that, you start to uncover things about that person that would give you clues as to why they're in pain or why they're suffering. And so in, and our certifier takes so much time with you to really understand what you're struggling with. Lisa has been talking to us about qualifying conditions, and she is bringing two of her partners uh, on the line now uh, so they can help her describe a little bit uh, for people how to get the card and what qualifying conditions. So, Lisa, who do you have with you? 
So David Deutsch is our chief operating officer, and he has a lot of on-the-ground contact with patients and is the person really facilitating and guiding patients through the registration process after they leave the nurse practitioner and, and basically sets you up so that you can leave the clinic and go straight to the dispensary. And I've met David twice. He's a, a very well-spoken individual. I love your guys' presentations. Uh, so thank you for joining us, David. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. And we also have James Frisicaro, who is the chief executive officer, who is basically the visionary of the company and pretty much ha- made it happen. <laughs> Started it and planted the seed so that it can grow. I appreciate all of you, by the way, for what you're Thank doing for people, the what you're providing. And definitely, I love that uh, that us all being in the industry kind of at the same time together, we're going to grow together and have a really strong partnership. So I appreciate all of you. and Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Really appreciate Thank you. That. No. So please, so tell, tell us more about qualifying conditions to get the car. Tell us more about how you help people, David, please. Yeah. So, uh, well, I guess the, the most important or not important, but the most popular, uh, diagnosis that we receive at the at the clinic is uh chronic pain and that's kind of the the story is uh highest percentage of individuals that come in are presenting with chronic pain we do see a lot of uh, patients that experience ptsd as well uh several of the diagnoses that qualify into the new york state medical marijuana program are uh, neurological disorders uh, parkinson's huntington's als um Cancer is a qualifying condition as well as HIV and AIDS. Um, but the, the most common ones that we see are chronic pain, PTSD, uh, and then opioid use disorder is another one that was recently added as a qualifying condition. Oh, I didn't realize that got added. That's huge. Yeah. Chronic pain is relatively new. Opio- opioid use disorder. Um, there's several individuals and, and organizations that are pushing for um, anxiety disorders and autism, uh, which is popping up on other states across the country. And it makes it easier for you to help people with, with these added conditions, correct? I'm sorry, say that again? Makes it easier for you to help people qualify uh, and understand how to navigate through this whole process? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of what I do. So we, we generally get a phone call, people that are interested uh, in the industry, some, you know, looking for a way to help themselves. And what I do is I have a conversation with them and sort of explain the process, what their options are. Uh, there's always, you know, hemp solutions, things that you can buy over the counter. Um, and, and we do that a lot as well. We vet companies and, you know, show the path if people are looking to get a solution through hemp. But for, as far as the medical cannabis program, New York State Medical Marijuana Program, uh, you know, I show them what their options are there as well. As long as you have a qualified, uh, certified practitioner, so physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, they're all capable of becoming um, licensed certifiers. And uh, those are the ones that allow you entry into the program. So uh, what we do is we facilitate that uh, relationship between the patient and the practitioner and then help guide them into the program and give them any information that they want or need. Um, you know, how to find the local dispensary, what your options are there, how much generally it's going to cost, um, what, what they should expect throughout the process. So percentage-wise, I'm very disturbed that it seems like it's still very low, the amount of people who have cards. Why do you think that is? Yeah, the, the program has had some you know, growing pains, I guess you could call it. Um, originally, it only started with five uh, companies, five contracts for producers, manufacturers, people that were making products and selling them at dispensaries. Uh, since it started, five more have been added on. Um, so it's, it is expanding. Um, but these are, uh, vertically integrated companies that are controlling the whole process. And that's a really, really difficult, difficult thing to do. Uh, they're finding several of the original companies that started have shut down since, since then and have sold their licenses to other companies. And so it's had some growing pains and, and some issues along the way, but it's, it's definitely gaining ground. Uh, I was actually just, um, reading a uh, report card, basically, um, from a, a separate organization, uh, individual organization that 
rates the medical marijuana program in the country. And since uh, New York has started, it got a C, went to a C, C plus, and now we're at a B minus. So they're they're improving. It's hard to make products, right? Consistently. It's, it is. It is. And, you know, the education is really the, the big component that's missing. And that's kind of where we come in uh, mainly. Education for individuals on how to enter, that it's even an option because there's still several individuals that don't know that the New York State Medical Marijuana Program exists. Um, there's not a ton of advertising going on. And then access, you know, the cost is definitely prohibitive. The, the products are not cheap. And, uh, you know, you have to pay for the process to get in. I love the pamphlet you guys have that spells out like the steps for people to, to enter the program. You guys really make it easy for people. That's uh, that's our goal. I mean, it is a relatively straightforward process. If you know you think you possess a, a qualifying diagnosis, you also have to have an uh, associated uh, condition. You know, that's uh, it, New York stipulates that you have to have a qualifying condition as well as an associated condition in order to qualify to enter. So neuropathy, I have a friend of, a f- of the family. He has a mm-hmm. serious form of neuropathy. Um, him and his wife have reached out to me to ask me advice. I don't feel comfortable giving medical advice, but, but uh, what have you heard about neuropathy and how either cannabis or psilocybin mushrooms or the white beard mushrooms, how maybe could help someone w- with neura- neuropathy? Well, um I have Lisa here who kind of does a little bit more of our background research on the the science and some of the uh, the effects and the capabilities of cannabis consumption. Um, so I, I'm looking at her. I'm, I think I might divert this question uh, to her if she can answer. Well, no provider can really give any medical advice without seeing a patient. Um, but a, in general, um, neurolo- neurological or neurodegenerative disorders is kind of a major application where cannabis can be used for medicine. Of course, the type of neurological condition it is would depend on how the plant would be used. Um, Again, it goes back to that custom care and understanding the plant and the chemovar or strain that you're using and how it's working in the body. So there's a lot yet to be understood, but we know a lot already about neurological conditions and how effective cannabis can be in managing them. I love so it. As far we have to be so delicate, don't advice, we? I would say speak with a certifier and then really talk to the pharmacist at the dispensary because the pharmacist at the dispensary should have the most knowledge on the products and where they should be used. Amen. Yeah. If, if I may add to that, it's important to, to recognize that because there are stipulations that allow the physician or the practitioner that's certifying the patient to restrict uh, access at the dispensary. Uh, depending on who the practitioner is, the certifier is, uh, they can generally allow you know, open access, whatever they'd like to try so that they can figure out what works best for them. Uh, some practitioners are a little more restrictive. You guys are awesome. So you guys are centered in Buffalo. Is that correct? Uh, we're in Orchard Park. We're based out of, so about 20 minutes outside of downtown Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And, and why did you guys choose that spot? And do you plan on expanding? Um, we're always open to uh, you know new ideas, new opportunities. So definitely uh, looking to grow into the future. Uh, absolutely, Orchard Park. Um, you know my partner James, who's uh, sitting right here, James Rizzicaro. He's our CEO. Hello. Uh, he's from that area or lives in that area currently, and uh, so does Lisa. Um, so you know it kind of seemed like a, a great place. We knew the area. Um, I live not too far in South Buffalo, and it's uh, seems like a really um, you know, medically healthy, healthy lifestyle driven uh, area that we wanted to get into. And we know education is important and people are really open and accepting uh, to trying to understand this industry and this product and what we're trying to do. Uh, James, so how did you come into this mix? And I've talked to Dave before. I've heard him speak. And now, Lisa, tell, tell us a little bit about your perspective, how you came into the mix here to help people like this. 
Yeah, well, uh, my father is a psychiatric nurse practitioner. My mother is the opioid counselor. So I kind of come from a family that, you know, focuses on these types of services. And I have many nurses in my family as well. Um, and my father had just recently retired as a, a adult and health psychiatric nurse practitioner from the state. And he was looking to just open up an office one day a week um, to just to, just to certify patients for medical marijuana. So uh, that's kind of how it started, looking for an office for my father. And living in the Orchard Park community, it's really, uh, I really enjoy this area. I found the people very, very wonderful. And just the air, the clean air, just so refreshing, especially around the Chestnut Ridge, you know, having been, having such close access to uh, that wonderful uh, park that we have. So um, the area really is what attracted us to to be here um we facilitate a similar uh, mindset with the community and the opportunity was there so we uh took it full advantage i'm impressed how when did you guys start we started a year and a half ago um we like i said my father retired from the state two years ago and after six months of talking with him and establishing a relationship uh, with uh, David and a clear vision, uh, we decided to open up in October of 2018. I'm sorry, March of 2018. Um, and it just started to grow from there, just opening up from uh, just uh, uh, one day a week into you know a full facility just a year and a half later has been quite remarkable. I would say so. So uh, I'll put this out there to all three of you. Any of you can answer. So tell me a little bit about some of the things you've seen, some of the people you've met, some of the stories. Like, um, so people are oh, listening to this I've episode from one. everywhere, right? Uh, like tells people, like some people are sitting there listening going, I still don't know if I want to do this. Like, like tell some real stories for us so, so people can relate. Yeah. Lisa has a, a, a specific story, but I, I just want to say, you know, we have been getting calls from people pretty far away from the Buffalo Orchard Park area because they don't really have access uh, in their area. You know, there might not be a provider or a certifier out there. So we're, we're getting people, you know, as far as, you know, Southern Tier, Salamanca, uh, Angola, Fredonia areas, you know, and, and even further, um, you know, because they just don't have access. So. Um, but I, I, I'm curious which story Lisa's got. She jumped at the uh, the chance. Um, so I have a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I have a patient. She's about. She's in her late seventies, and when she first came to me, she, it took her probably a full two minutes to be able to get up from the table. I mean, compare that to one second. So and and when she talked, she was. Uh, uh, she wouldn't really open her mouth, have just droopy face and just not able to articulate and was severely lethargic and just very low functioning and, and, you know, mumbled through her words. And, and, you know, I just, you know, after evaluating her case, she's in tons of pain and, she, I encouraged her to, or referred her to the psychiatric nurse practitioner to be certified. And, uh, she told me she got her certification and was that she was leaving to go to the dispensary after her appointment. Didn't think anything of it. A couple weeks pass and I get a message on my phone from this very animated woman. And I, I'm thinking, who is this? I know this name, but it can't be this person. And so she comes in and it was literally like somebody flipped a switch and turned her on. Like she was at half mass or her, her plug was not quite fully plugged in and someone just plugged her right in and she had full capacity. She still has chronic pain and difficulty with balance. So she wasn't able to jump off the waiting room couch, but was certainly got up with way more vigor and she's talking and she's verbalizing and opening her mouth and moving her hands and, and 
had for full faculties and wasn't skipping a beat and was just on point. And I, my jaw was dropping and, oh wait, actually, no, I hadn't known that she had gotten her product yet. I go, what changed? What's going on here? It's like somebody just turned you on. I, what's going on? Something's different. And she said, no, nothing's different. I said, something's different. And she goes, oh yeah, I got certified. I got my, I got the order wrong. She was leaving for the dispensary that day. I hadn't known yet. <laughs> I hadn't known yet that she had gotten certified. I said, what, what changed in this woman's life? She's literally a different person. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been taking the tincture every night. I said, holy smokes, do you understand what morphology have just occurred in your life over the last couple of weeks? You are a new person. I've never seen a transformation like this from uh, someone operating at half mass to full function. It was just absolutely, it still amazes me. Every time I see her, I go, how did you get to this point from the last point? And it was just a half a millimeter of a one-to-one ratio tincture every night before bed. Just amazing. Absolutely incredible. And I had another patient uh, that she's a teacher and she's been driving an hour back and forth from school. And when I was taking her intake, she said, Oh no, I don't have any anxiety. I don't even know what that is really. But she was shaking on the table and her jaw was chattering and she was so tensed up. And I said, are you sure you never had any anxiety? And she goes, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And then, and you know, we eventually coaxed her into talking to the nurse practitioner. She ended up getting certified and she came back and, And she also said and described it. She goes, I feel like I've been sleeping my whole life and I just woke up. That's so funny. And each of our bodies is a Petri dish. And this is what I'm trying to recite week after week is the... It's the level for every person is different. What the cannabinoids you need for every person. And I'm sure you guys are seeing that as well. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Everyone is different and how they, their endocannabinoid system receives these products. So generally speaking, it's, it's much, much better to start at a lower dose, uh, and, and titrate up to figure out where your therapeutic level is. I love the energy in Lisa's voice as she's talking about these people. Like she care, like they're her family. Yeah. Her patients, uh, really kind of have become part of her family. I think she would agree with that, right? Oh yeah. That's the environment I wanted to create from the beginning. I wanted you to feel like you were walking into a family and a home versus a medical practice. So impressive. What, what, what should they know as they walk in your building and how can they find you? If, they, if they're just interested and in, in looking to reduce pain or maybe get, you know, if, if they had a trauma experience in their life or they're experiencing chronic pain or they're using opiates regularly and want to get off of that and try something a little more natural and uh, a different alternative, um, you know, if anybody just has questions or looking to educate themselves in the industry and what's going on in the medical program, you know, we're, we're here to answer those questions. And, you know, we're opening a facility uh, in, a, in about a month or so. Uh, we're waiting for the construction to be finished, but we're going to be uh, setting up a, a facility where people can come in. We're going to be open regular hours and people can come in and get questions answered. They can come look at some retail products if they're interested in learning a little bit more about the industry and how to, how to vet companies and how to understand products. And if they're looking to get a a treatment as well, you know, Lisa is going to be there. Her chiropractic uh, service is going to be offered. Um, We're going to be offering the medical uh, marijuana program certifications if people want to come in and get certified. And we're looking to expand uh, the services even more over the next couple of months. Uh, What's the website, phone number, address, that kind of stuff? Uh, flowerwellness.com is the website. We're actually under construction right now. and going to be operational within the next few weeks, we're hoping. Um, it's going to be great. Everything's going to be able to be scheduled and paid for through the website. Uh, you can order product through the uh, uh, hemp company program that we've set up with them. Uh, and then you can uh, you know, get questions answered as well and educate yourself. Phone number? Uh, our office number is 716-662-1795.
So can uh, I before uh, you guys jumped on, I didn't get into Lisa's background. Can each of the three of you just kind of briefly tell your backgrounds on how you got to where you're at now as far as education, that kind of stuff? Uh, I just want to make sure people understand, uh, you know, yeah. the paths that you guys <clears throat> took to get to where you're at. Yeah, like James was saying earlier, uh, you know, it really started with his father being uh, a licensed certifier and sort of it started with us talking about the industry at large and really just fascinated with it. We've always been supportive and we've always understood that there was a powerful uh, medicinal quality to this plant. And it kind of grew from that. And our interactions with each other, James and I had been working together previously uh, in the hospitality industry. We're both uh, hospitality fine dining experience for, for a very long time. And uh, with James's background and his family in healthcare, and I'm coming from a family of occupational therapists and my background's in occupational therapy and psychology as well. Um, you know, we kind of started talking about what it would be to start a business in the medical cannabis industry and getting involved more and trying to help people. And that's kind of how this was born. Uh, for us. Lisa, uh, she can talk a little bit about her background here. Uh, well, I'm a chiropractor by training. And like I said before, I have a, I also went to school for exercise science and I'll have a background in psychology and health and wellness. So uh, currently a practicing provider. And as far as how I got tied into the research and education throughout my entire education for over 10 years, I have fully immersed myself in academic research in one form or, or another from boring data entry to a principal, well, co-investigator of a research project, which was in barefoot running. So if you ever want to know about barefoot running, I know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so uh, all right. So let's get into this real quick. Vibram's barefoot running. Are you a proponent or yeah, yeah or nay? It's oh not God. a black and white answer. It's the answer is always it depends. I love it. <laughs> it so depends it's on person. a lot of things. Interesting. Yeah, it, it would it would have to be a conversation with the individual, what their goals are, what they're currently doing, and what surfaces they're running on, and if they have any pre-existing conditions, whether or not I think that might be an option for them. <laughs> so, um, and then you also heard my how I got interested in cannabis and my personal experience with that, which led me to uh, visit the flowered wellness table at an event and just kind of ask questions and say, ask, how can I be involved? You know, I want to get my patients access to any form of cannabis, hemp or medical marijuana. And so that relationship has just evolved into being integrated into the whole company and being a part of the vision and growing the vision. So there's so many components to wellness, right? It's exercise, it's meditation, it's diet, and then it's whatever environment. Yes. Thank you. Being outside the <laughs> air. Um, and I'm sure you guys go over this with everybody. Like uh, you guys talk about diet and give those kind of advice to people as well. Well, that's part of the model that we're creating with the salutogenic model. Like I said, we're going to be looking at every single thing that makes up you and how you came to be the way that you are, whether it be environmental influences, genetic influences, diet influences, exercise influence, everything. And we're going to look at the whole person and from there, make sure that you are seeing the right person and creating a continuity of care where you work with one person who then works, gets you to the right people and everybody is communicating with each other. So diet is a huge component of that. And we'll, we're going to be doing dietary or lifestyle modification coaching in some capacity that then integrates cannabis into that or weaves it into it. But then anything beyond that will be partnering with a, either a registered dietitian or a holistic nutrition specialist or a functional medicine person. We were we've initiated some relationships already that we're following up with. So a whole community model 
is we're, you're going to get it all. <laughs> when somebody sets up an appointment with you guys, is it like making an appointment with a doctor's appointment? Uh, do you get uh, medical reimbursement? Uh, how does someone go about uh, it depends on the practitioner that you're seeing because really you're working with somebody to assess where you need to go first uh, as a priority. So if that person that you're seeing is a holistic nutritionist that might not be covered by insurance. If it's a chiropractor, for me personally, I'm out of network. So there's a way to navigate getting reimbursed for that visit, but out of network coverage needs to be in place. If it's uh, getting in touch with a specialty within the medical community, then that operates the same way that you would navigate the insurance world. You go in, pay your copay, and they bill out insurance. If it's a personal trainer, that's you're basically just paying for their service. So the the initial contact with someone would be basically a a sit down service, but since it's not a medical provider per se, it may not be a reimbursable visit. So it depends on who you're sitting in front of. Makes sense. Because all these are, these aren't people with uh, under flowered wellness. They don't work for flowered wellness. We're a partnership based company. Everything is a partnership. Are you using, have you modeled this after something else? Or are you guys really coming off this and creating this like with no template? Well, the model would be based upon like a multidisciplinary setting, but wanted to expand it out into a community effort and not contain it within one building, but facilitate a community and a network that goes beyond the the physical walls that are containing these practitioners. So it, it would be a multidisciplinary model, but community-based. Are you guys in the middle of an, uh, uh, trees in the forest right now? Because I can hear birds chirping right now. So, so <laughs> wherever you guys are right now, you got, you got to be breathing nicer. I can hear like five different varieties of birds right now behind you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is my neighborhood. I live in a retirement community. I mean, you must so. have your windows open, the screens open. I mean, birds it is clear. To the retirement yeah, community. it is awesome right now. You, uh, well, I am not retired, but I live <laughs> in a retirement community. And, and Lisa's dog, Finnick, is laying right next to us enjoying the grass. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Oh, it's so awesome. Uh, He's been wanting to be a part of this conversation so badly. I, I haven't heard a bark peep out of him. Speak. He's been good. Speak. Yeah. He's getting pet by everybody. Uh, I love you guys' <laughs> yeah. energy. You guys, I, I appreciate the time you guys have spent with us. Um, I hope we can do this again. I, I, I'll enjoy our partnership moving forward. But what kind of things would you want to tell people as we close this up as far as their own lifestyles, bringing this into their life? Uh, just give us some advice here as we close up, guys. Yeah. Um, hello, this is James again. Yeah, uh, please. The reason why we the reason why we started this is just for the, the care of the community uh, is to integrate cannabis wellness. It has a, a profound impact upon uh, our, our, our bodies, our, our systems. And, you know, to bring about that change and to ensure that the, the, uh, the plant and also the system is being put in a light that is respectful and, you know, healthy and impactful. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of care that needs to, to, to grow that we're not showing at the current moment. And I, uh, we feel that this plant and, and the science behind it and the science behind the system really, you know, really deserves more of a, a, a forefront, um, in, I mean, you know, properly set in front of uh, our health, our wellness and our lifestyle that is a, in, in a positive perspective because it's been looked at negatively for so long. Um, so that's really my, you know, one thing I would like to, you know, people to know about flowered wellness and why we are here is for that care. You know, there's a lot of people hurting. And so that's what we're here for. Amen. David. Yeah. I just, I want people to know that they have a place to go to, to, understand and to educate themselves because I know 
not that long ago, we were probably asking all these questions and trying to understand what's going on in the industry and, and how, how do I get involved and how do I understand how to become a patient and take care of myself. So, um, you know, people, we encounter people all the time that have questions as simple as what is the plant and how do I know what, what it is? Is it hemp? Is it, is it marijuana? What's the difference? Uh, and we can answer any questions for them and help them understand. Lisa, close us up with your bubble energy. Come on, give us something good. <laughs> well, I think we're we're just here to be the catalyst for revolutionizing the medical industry by making sure and ensuring that we're reforming healthcare in a way that people are getting exactly what they need. So I, th- and I think we need to do a flower a wellness like ride, like uh, like event, like yeah. like we need to start doing things like to bring people together, like um, not as triathletes, but just as maybe a yoga day. We're out in the park or something. Like I'm thinking yes. creative we're, stuff, we're, we're, right? Yeah. One of our partnerships is uh, we're developing a relationship with a yoga studio in Orchard Park, just up the road from us. Um, beautiful place, and uh, we have that planned in the future is having an outdoor yoga uh session you know for help with anxiety uh depression uh ptsd you know just kind of enjoying the environment enjoying the air and uh feeling healthy how about lisa you and i lead a ride down the erie canal from buffalo to rochester we call it the cannabis ride or something like that uh-huh. <laughs> i might need a new bike but sure <laughs> yeah our tri bikes don't go well down those uh down the canal path but uh, right, we got to be this creative, right? This is about education. You mentioned it earlier, Lisa. What? Why education is so important? Why education? Yeah, because you know, you said it early on. It's been a theme through this whole call. Uh, educating people. Why is that so important to educate? And, because and... knowledge is power. Thank you. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You guys have a great <laughs> afternoon, uh, and we will talk soon. Uh, Flower Thank Wellness, you. everybody. If, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Enjoy your party. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Give the dog a big pet for me. <laughs> oh, I certainly will. Consider and, that done. And a CBD treat. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, guys. Hey, have a great afternoon. So thanks for the call. You as well. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Of course. Bye, everybody. <laughs>